As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props, a lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. FanDuel now live in Ohio. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Burrow Wednesday in about 10 to 12 minutes. I got three things I want to talk about as we begin. I've always had this belief. I've told a lot of young broadcasters this or people in the industry. There's a sea of money chase management. There's very little great management. When you find them, latch onto them and follow them. You'll make money. Don't chase money. It's bad karma. And I also... I look at the NFL. Selfishly, adding more playoff games is good for my professional career, all right? More big games to talk about. But I don't think it was done for any other reason than greed. Nobody demanded a 17th regular season game. Nobody demanded a seventh playoff team in the AFC and NFC. And look at the two games we have now. Seattle in the old format, would not be a playoff team and shouldn't be. They haven't played well for a month and a half. They play the Niners. San Francisco is now being asked to beat Seattle for a third straight time. That's hard. That is hard. So if the Niners, the most popular NFL franchise, easily Denver West get knocked off because they can't beat a team three times, Niners should have a bye. In the old format, Niners would have a bye. They'd get rested, and Seattle wouldn't be a playoff team. What if San Francisco gets Christian McCaffrey gets knocked out for the playoffs? Or left tackle Trent Williams, who's had trouble with injuries? Anytime you do something for greed, it backfires. Go to the AFC. Buffalo should have a bye. They would in the old format. Instead, they have to face Miami for a third time. Miami hasn't played like Seattle well in five, six weeks. Shouldn't be a playoff team. So Seattle and Miami in the old format a couple years ago are sitting home watching on TV. They don't feel like playoff teams. And I'm from the Pacific Northwest. And I predicted Miami would be a playoff team. But, you know, I just have this bad vibe. What if Josh Allen gets knocked out for the playoffs? Twists an ankle, he's out. Is that good for the NFL? Anytime you do something for money, it always comes back to bite you in the butt. And I love the NFL, but I think it's unfair to the Niners and unfair to the Bills, especially the Niners. They've already hammered Seattle twice. They got to do it again? Really? So reports now that Harbaugh, leading candidate for the new owners, the Walmart family for the Denver Broncos job, multiple people I trust say if he's offered it, $20 million a year, he'll take it. Wish he would stay at Michigan, which he would continue to be connected to college football, 
But at 20 million, Michigan a couple of years ago asked him to take a pay cut. I get it. He'll move to the NFL. And I do think he's uniquely built for the kind of football Denver needs to play with that current roster to beat a Mahomes and beat a Herbert. Bully ball, build an O-line, ask like he did Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Andrew Luck, ask a quarterback, Russell Wilson, to run a little bit. It's really built for Harbaugh's style of football. Sean Payton's interesting, though. The Rams moved to L.A. They're not that popular. They're not really an established brand in Los Angeles. They win the Super Bowl. And this year, they fall apart. So we knew they were very, very thin because they pay Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford and Jalen Ramsey lot of top of the market contracts. So they're thin and those teams are always vulnerable when they face lots of injuries, which the Rams did on their own line. It was a mess. But Sean Payton, if Sean McVay bolts, is so perfect for this job. Now, I know Sean pretty well. I've talked to him eight, 10 different times on my show on FS1. And I've talked to him, gone to dinner with him. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Sean, but I can tell you ownership and quarterback talent are the two things he worries about. Stan Kroenke is aggressive and doesn't meddle and writes big checks. Perfect for Sean Payton's personality. Matt Stafford, smart, aggressive, big arm, veteran. Perfect for what Sean Payton wants. A smart guy that can make big throws, has played in big games, Doesn't have to babysit him socially or emotionally. Just a guy who can sling it. And McVay is so profoundly culturally significant to the Rams. If Sean leaves, then you got to hire the other Sean. You got to bring in a big resume and a big ring and a big trophy and a big point of view. So Sean Payton to the Rams, that's about as good as you can do. A lot of people talked about the Chargers job, but I always look at that job. The Spanos family, Dean Spanos being sued by his daughter. He's got his sons in the front office. I don't know. That just doesn't quite feel as ideal as Sean Payton would want it. Sean Payton had Gail Benson. Writes big checks, stays out of the way. That's Stan Kroenke. Aggressive, writes big checks. Doesn't get in the way. The Rams are also really aggressive. Sean Payton, if I know anything about him, he's aggressive. If he wants something, if he sees something, he wants to attack something. I think the DNA match between the Rams, Kroenke, Les Snead, the culture of the organization, and Sean Payton feels to me as perfect a fit as Sean would find. I think Sean would be frustrated with Russell Wilson. They're different people. I think Russell's limited as a pocket quarterback. That's that's what Sean wants. He liked Breeze. He likes Stafford. Sit in the pocket. Throw darts. I'll drop the plays. I'll be the creative. Deliver. That's what Drew Breeze was. That's what Matt Stafford is. So I was talking to somebody I met the other day in regards to timing. And they were talking about the podcast industry, and we were we were actually talking about the subscription service called The Athletic and how it sold to the New York Times for $450, $500 million. And this person was saying, because of the erosion of the stock market, 
Dow Jones is down several thousand. Uh, and because, you know, the world's always changing with so many new platforms is that it may not sell for that today, not even close to that, but it did then. There's a moment in time for everything to sell in the media. That's what this person who has a lot of experience we talked about is that sometimes something that sells won't sell in six months. You've got a hit on the time. And I thought that's what's fascinating about the New England Patriots. This was the year to get into the playoffs. The Jets were a shit show at quarterback and Tua couldn't stay healthy. Okay, if Miami goes out and gets Derek Carr and the Jets get Garoppolo, Mac Jones is the fourth best quarterback in your division. You don't get to the playoffs with the fourth best quarterback in your division. I don't see an easy way out for New England. I mean, Tua probably inside the Dolphins executive suite. They've made a decision to move on. He's simply college and pro can't stay healthy. Not his fault, his reality. And the Jets are obviously going to the market. They need a left tackle and a quarterback. They have talent, running back, um, corner, defensive line, weapons. They got good players. And New England doesn't have a single receiver that separates. Devontae Parker doesn't separate. Jacoby Myers doesn't separate. They're really average, O-line, wide receiver, tight end. It's not a highly abundant wide receiver group in the first round, maybe by the second. But Jordan Addison maybe is a, a first-round wide receiver. Zay Jones maybe is. There's not four or five this year like there have been in previous years. I don't know the way out. That's what's fascinating. This was the year, and they wasted it by connecting Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to the offense. Go back and look at Mac Jones' rookie stats. They're pretty remarkable. They're, they're really solid, B-plus stuff, and he regressed. So the timing, go back to timing. This was the year to get some momentum. If Mac Jones played well, you'd have a greater chance to go into the free agent market and convince a DeAndre Hopkins, who reportedly Arizona is going to move, convince a DeAndre Hopkins, hey, I had a great rookie year, followed by a great second year. Come to New England and be the star. Well, he looks at it now. D-Hop would look at New England and go, why would I want to be part of that? That offense is a mess. So... I don't, I don't know the easy way out, and I thought it was absolutely something that Bill Belichick, when asked about the season, immediately said, I'm returning for 2024. That's not your call. That's the owner's call. The fact that Belichick put it out publicly, I'll be back next year. Andy Reid doesn't say that. It's the owner's call. That's never the coach's call in the NFL or the NBA. I'll be back. Steve Kerr's back if Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors, wants him back. And that's Steve Kerr. So I think Belichick knows. He's kind of cornered here. The staff isn't great, doesn't have an offensive coordinator, doesn't have a tight end or a receiver that separates. Didn't you think it was something that Belichick's first opinion was, I'll be back, basically cornering Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft now is on the defensive. Oh, wait. Belichick's coming back. Bill didn't leave it open for a meeting or a discussion or an argument or a tug of war over his future. I thought it was something. 
So college football has a new national champion, but it's the same old national champion from the same old conference, Georgia, back-to-back titles, SEC Kings. So I know a lot of people are selling this fairy tale that in 2024, when the 12-team playoff arrives, it will create opportunities and parity for the little guy. Oh, nonsense. Listen, if you look at certain things throughout the course of time, take the Oscars, Hollywood. Used to be like five films nominated, picture of the year. I'd watch all of them. If there were six, I would watch five or six. Now it's eight to ten. Oh, it creates more opportunities. No, it doesn't. Because there's not ten great films a year. There's about four. It just dilutes the Oscars, which have never had lower ratings, never had less interest. You dilute it. There are movies now that get nominated for Best Picture, and they weren't the best picture in the last week. They weren't the best picture in the month they were released. There's just a lot of average now. It's the same thing with a 12-team playoff. I'm for it because it's more big games, and I think college football has a big game problem. But college football and football in general is a depth sport. It's not just that Georgia has great starters, but it's that they have two and three NFL bodies at corner, two and three bodies at linebacker. It's their depth of talent. USC's got some really good frontline starters. That guy gets hurt, they don't have anybody behind them. That's the difference between national championship contenders and good teams, right? And so in a playoff, you're going to ask the little engine that could, Cincinnati, Boise State, TCU. You think it's going to be easier for them to have to face a Georgia followed by an LSU followed by a USC, followed by an Oregon, that's easier? No. The easiest is, hey, can you catch somebody after a month off by surprise Michigan and beat them and then have a chance to play for the national title? Watch what happens. Just like the Oscars, you're going to open it up to more people. It's going to dilute it. You're going to have more blowouts. You're going to have at least four SEC teams getting into the top 12. This is why I argued Alabama should have been in. Everybody was outraged. You wake up this morning, the three best teams I watched in college football, Georgia, Bama, and a coin flip, Ohio State, Michigan. I thought Ohio State outplayed Georgia. I'm not sure Michigan matched up as well as Ohio State did. But, you know, just like the Oscars. Oh, let's give more people an opportunity to present average material. 12 team playoff you do get by the ninth eighth ninth tenth team there'll be some three lost teams in they'll all be two lost teams you'll have three lost teams against georgia (laughs) come on man more is noah's merrier we all know professional athletes care about what they look like and as you know i care about what i look like right now i've been wearing a lot of cuts clothing I love this thing right now. Every cut shirt is designed to provide a perfectly tailored look. If you want a a long sleeve Henley, no problem. A short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. Cuts has everything you want. 
and I've got all of it, and I wear all of it. Right now, 15% off your first order. 15% off, first order. By going to cutsclothing.com slash Colin. Cuts, C-U-T-S. Look them up. I got a closet full of their stuff, and I love it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Football season's underway. Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel. Official sports book partner of the National Football League. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HO P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right. First of all, long time, no talk. A lot of people bailed on Joe Burrow. Not this host. I remember that second half against Dallas and I said, I saw it. They're going to be fine. Um... I mean, you let's take the regular season, take a deep breath. Um, when did you, because you, you've won a lot of games in a row now. Was there a, a one or a two game or one or two half moment for you, Joe, that you said, okay, boom, we're clicking. We're all good. This, this is a good team. Not really. You know, we, we had moments of that early in the year and it really just came down to being more consistent as a team and as an offense, you know, I wouldn't say there was one or two games that you point to and be like, that's, that's the turning point. It's just kind of progression of the season. You get better 
throughout the season, you have more practice time together, you have more reps accumulated, and you just get better as the season goes. I'm not a huge fan of playing a team a third time. That's why I'm not a fan of, you know, Miami Buffalo a third time, Seattle, San Francisco. I don't like it. I think it's hard. I mean, let's be honest. Buffalo is hard to beat once. Yeah. I mean, do you look at it and think, all right, they know my tendencies. How do you view it? Yeah, that's why division games are, are always harder because you've you play each other twice a year. You know how the other unit operates. Uh, you know the guys. You know the scheme. They know what you're trying to do. You know what they're trying to do. So, you, you know, it's always harder in those division games, and that's why they're always so tight. Do you feel more responsibility? It's very easy for a team that just beat a team to be flat the next week. That's the history of the league. You beat a team, then you have to rally the guys and say, yes, we got to play with our hair on fire. We can't beat them. Do you feel a little bit, Joe, like this is really where leadership comes in? Urgency, go, this is everything. No, because our, our guys know how hard it was to beat those guys last week, and they're going to be healthier, and we know what happened early in the year. So, you know, like I said, these you got to take all these division games as seriously as possible because you, we, we know what Baltimore has on the defensive side of the football, and we know that they have on the offensive side of the football. They're a, a really, really good football team that, you know, wins a lot of football games, and so it's going to be a tough challenge for us. Brian Dable, Giants coach, who's got actually a lot of rings as an assistant or a coordinator, said playoff experience is overrated. Now, I look at you last year. You didn't have any, and you went on the road, I think, two out of three weekends. Where is it a little overrated, and where is there value in your experience? Yeah, that's, that's tough to say because we're really once you get into the game, every game – is is the same and i think that's that's how you have to handle it so i i I'd, obviously i would say the more reps you have accumulated of, of something the the better you're going to perform but also once you get in it's it's just another game it doesn't feel on the field like a playoff game to you no you know the fans are it's a little more energetic in the crowd and the atmosphere is always better but you know, once you're out there on the field, you're blocking all that out anyway. When you look at this season, where you're at, I think situationally, you're a better quarterback than a year ago. That's what it feels like to me. I thought your first two years, they were rare, but you'd have an occasional meltdown. The game's fast. Did you? Do you sense like, you can sense, okay, this this could be one of these moments. Do you in real time ever feel like, Man, a year ago, I could have melted down there. No, I don't really feel like that. I do feel like I've I've drastically improved my play this season from from last year, just in the totality. And so I'm I'm happy with that. But there's also a lot of of room to improve as well. And so you know, I like where we're at as a team and as an offense and as defense. And honestly, as an as a locker room as well, we have one of the tightest locker rooms I've ever been a part of. And I really think that's ends up being the key to winning. How concerned are you with your offensive line injuries? You know, we have guys that we really believe in that have played a lot of football. Uh, guys like Max and, and Hakeem that, you know, have stepped in these last couple weeks. You know, Hakeem was our starting right guard for the majority of the season last year, and Max has played a lot of football in this league. 
And so we got we got faith in both of those guys to go on and do their jobs. You know, when you're I could argue that your college team, LSU, is sort of, sort of iconic, Louisiana high school football and Ohio State, that your college programs were much more marquee than your NFL team. I think it's funny that you're considered the first or second best quarterback in this league by like people I respect, and yet Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, Philadelphia, it's like in a weird way, it's a perfect spot. In college at Ohio State, you're a favorite every week. Yeah. LSU is a favorite. Your team just got to the Super Bowl. And when I pick you number one I have for five straight weeks, people are like, are you crazy? And I'm like, are you watching the games? You're like 12 and four. Do you feel sometimes even as good as you guys are? I mean, you're in a division with the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens. These franchises are like bedrock, blue blood. Do you, do you still feel a little bit like the new kid on the block? Uh, you know, maybe sometimes, but you don't, I don't really, don't really think in those, in those ways, you know, I'm, we're so focused on the day to day of, of getting better and, and interacting with each other and, and getting the work that we need to get done. It, uh, it honestly, we don't really talk about it too much. Your thoughts on home field being decided by a coin flip, we know why, but it's. I mean, I guess the NBA lottery is a ping pong balls. I mean, it, it's kind of odd, right? Yeah. You know, I I wasn't, you know, I, I, I understood it. I understood why they did it. I just wish that we would have been offered the same opportunity for a potential second round matchup for the Bills that we didn't end up getting to play that game, you know, through no fault of our own and, it should have been canceled. We didn't want to play after that happened either. But, you know, I, I think that we just weren't afforded some opportunities that other people were. It ticked you off. I wouldn't say it ticked me off. We'll, we'll play we'll, whatever with, with whatever we're, we're dealt, but it is what it is. When I go back to the uh, DeMar Hamlin moment, what really sticks out to me is uh, – the fear on the players' faces. Um, I said this on the air. I was skiing a year and a half ago, and apparently there was a crash. And about 40 to 50 yards from me, a helicopter flew in, and they performed CPR. I did not know the person. It was 40 yards away. It freaked me out. I'm like, all right, that's a wrap. I'm done skiing today. Um, And that was somebody I didn't know. As I watched you guys watch that, I, the composure you had, I mean, did Joe, you probably never seen anything like that. Did, was it totally unnerving? Yeah, it was a scary emotional moment. Witnessing somebody that plays the same game that you do, you know, go through a a crisis that is, is life threatening. And, you know, you really take a step back and, and look at what, what you do and who you do it with and makes you appreciate that. And at the same time reminds you that that's always a possibility every Sunday and every, every Monday and every Saturday that you walk out there. Uh, so I think a lot of discussions were had throughout the, the league privately, you know, with, with loved ones. I know I had, I had some that 
you know, that moment is scary. It can happen. And, you know, you try to try to limit it, but there's not a lot you can do. That's a, a normal football play that happens just about every play of every single game, which is what's so scary about it. One of the things I said the other day is that I think the five best quarterbacks in the league, I, I, I use this term, the five guys I wouldn't take a phone call on if I was a general manager, you, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, I love Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford, but they're older. I'd take a phone call if I had to. I'm not going to take a phone call on you five. To watch you and Josh Allen, it was really, it was pretty, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 50s, Joe. Um, I love Josh Allen so much. I love everything you young guys are about. There was a real a, a moment between you two. And here he looks like Superman. He's, he's, he's bigger than defensive ends. He looks like Superman. He was incredibly vulnerable. Do you remember that moment when you're right next to him? Yeah, that was, that was tough. You know, me and Josh are friends. And and I've known each other for for a couple of years now, and you know it was just kind of a moment of of unity between you know not just two teams but football players, and you know we know what each individual person means to everyone else in a locker room, and to to see people going through that was you know it was tough and. You know, everyone in our locker room took a step back and said it could have been any one of us in that exact same situation. And so that's why it really hit everybody so hard. I thought the Cincinnati crowd was amazing. I thought nobody left. Utter silence. I'd never seen anything like it. Even the anthem. There's always a guy in the third deck drunk screaming. The whole thing, Joe, from the players to the coaches to the fans. I, I've been doing this 30 years. I was so blown away by the Cincinnati fans. Like in an instant, our guy needs help. Their guy needs help. Did you notice any of that or were you were you really fixated on DeMar? You, you, you realize that once you take a, a step back, you know, maybe a day or two later and, you know, really reflect on the situation. It made me very proud to, to live in the community, one, be a part of the organization to play for Zach three just with, and also very proud of, of the medical staff, trainers, doctors, you know, we got, unfortunately got to watch them operate and, you know, they were lights out. Uh, so it just made me proud to, to be a part of what we have going on here. Yeah. Aren't medical people amazing. Aren't they amazing? Yeah. We had, I mean, you just, those kind of moments, you know, you find out what people are made of and the people that were out there on that field are, are badasses. You could probably make an argument, Joe, that you'll never look, you'll never come into a stadium and see those medical people the same. Like to you, do you almost view them like, like, like before they're part of the ensemble? They're like heroes now. Like, do you almost look at them differently when you enter a stadium? Yeah, I do. You know, I walked into the to training room, the training room the next day, and I, I did look at everybody in that room a little differently. You know, I really appreciate yeah. those guys and girls. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I want you to go back. Um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions about the year. So I'm going to say your favorite Joe Burrow game of the year, not talking statistically, but a game you came off the field and you were just high. It's like, wow, that felt great. At Pittsburgh, coming off of the bye, you know, we needed a big win. And, you know, we played really well on offense that whole game. It was cold. It was windy. You know, a lot of adversity in those, in those AFC North games. And like the Pittsburgh defense does, they made plays uh, against us as well. They made it really hard, but we, you know, we, we played really well that game. Was there a play this year or a throw? Doesn't even have to be a touchdown. But there was a play, and you thought, I don't want to be humble. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good throw. <laughs> uh, I was pretty proud of my touchdown throw to Jamar against the Browns uh, the second time around. A little glance route in the red zone. Well, it, what do you mean glance route? Just a little, a little seven-step post. A little seven-step post. Yeah. And it w- was Denzel on him? Who was on him? Yeah, it was Denzel. Denzel's, in my opinion, one of the best two corners in the league, by the way. Sauce Gardner, the other one? He's up there. He's <laughs> Patrick up there. Sertan's good. Yeah, I think he's the, I think he's the best. <laughs> yeah. You faced him in college. Yeah, he's tough. Yeah. Um. Who was the best team you played when you felt like you this is a go either way? Because your your last three months, you were pretty impenetrable. Best team you played. You know, it's tough because every game is is so unique. You know, every game can go in so many different ways. We we played a lot of tough teams this year, and each one presents its its own unique challenge, which you know, it's there's a lot of good teams and each one presents its own challenge, so it's t- it's hard to say. Give me a moment this year that you did something that you wouldn't have been able to do two years ago. Uh, you know, there were a couple throws in the New England game that I wouldn't have been able to make a couple years ago. Just, you know, my mechanics and my footwork have improved so much. 
in the pocket that, you know, I was able to make some of those throws. Um, just in the cold in New, in New England, those throws were tough, and so I was proud of those. You know, whenever I criticize an athlete, I always think he's sitting next to me. So I try to be fair. And sometimes I'll talk about arm strength. And I think, what if the quarterbacks talked about my voice strength? Like in Coward's voice, it's like top six. It's not, it's not elite. And the other day I was saying, yeah, I like Joe Burrow's arm. I mean, it's not Mahomes. And then I thought, well, what if Joe was sitting there? He'd probably be like, eh, it's a pretty good arm. You ever think, because everybody always talks about your accuracy and your, your intellect and your tough. Do you ever think, hey, I got a good arm here. People, hello, good arm. Yeah, I think I could make a lot of throws that people wouldn't expect of me, but my arm strength isn't on the level of the, of Patrick and, and Josh. Those guys are, are on another level as far as that goes. Yeah, I've never seen anything quite like Josh, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Those poor Wyatt. I can't, I didn't, I didn't get to see him much in college. I saw him play twice. I saw him jump over a linebacker and I was like, yeah, that looks good. I've seen <laughs> yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> He's still doing that, by the way. Yeah. Um, so here you go. It's Baltimore. I would guess they know your tendencies. You know theirs. Will Zach give you? a little more freedom because you face them so many times now. Will Zach give you a little more freedom of choice, maybe in a big spot in this game? Is that how it works or not? No, you know, I have, I have that freedom every play of every game. Uh, so if I, if I see something out there, I can, you know, I can go out there and, and do what we need to do to feel like we got to execute. Uh, so, you know, you don't really change that game to game. Do you look back at last year, this improbable run, and I think you're a better team. That's how I feel. I just feel like everything's a little tighter. Your O-line's a little tighter. Beyond winning games, if you could say, hey, guys, here's the one thing I wouldn't do that I did last year, even though you're a player from winning the Super Bowl, it could be prep. It could be travel. Is, is is there a gem you take from the experience last year into this year? You know, I think I think it's tough to pinpoint one. Um, you know, we know what it takes to to get to the Super Bowl as far as body maintenance. You know, it's it's a really long season. Last year was my first full season, and you know, we played as far as we could. And so I really learned how to, to manage my body through those, you know, last five or six weeks when your body's right. breaking down and you got to find a way to maintain your strength to, to compete those last five weeks. And so I think that would probably be number one on the list. Did you lift today? Yeah. Yeah, I did. How long do you lift? Oh, about an hour. Oh, by yourself, trainer, teammate. With our with our strength coach, Joey. Just with you. Yeah. Wow. Everybody Max has bench, their, deadlifts. <laughs> everybody kind of has their own routine in there. And so, you know, we have what I love about our coaches is they give us a lot of freedom to, you know, go about our routines. And as long as you get your work in, you get your work in. And so there's always guys in, in the weight room getting their stuff done, 
going through the maintenance on their body, the rehab. And we have, we have mature guys like that. You feel good today, physically. Feel great today. There you go. Joe, it's great talking to you again, man. Good yeah. luck. Appreciate it. See you guys. You bet. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.